Now Kerr, looking for the long, oh that's brilliant! And Sam Kerr has surely clinched the title now. World-class players do world-class things. that wasn't fun um yeah uh sitting here recording not feeling all that great your host andre carlisle here with mary of course <laughs> hello Miriam. how are you um i was kind of really sad and down a couple of hours ago and then uh liverpool put seven goals past manchester united um so i'm i'm revving myself up to be sad again i'm not at the moment but i get the feeling the more we carry on talking i will be sad uh so it's it's definitely a mixed bag of emotions um but yeah. Yeah, let's just go ahead and get get started on the sadness. Uh Chelsea lost Conti Cup final to Arsenal at Selhurst Park. Um I think over 19,000 were there in attendance. That was excellent. It's good atmosphere, sounded good um on the stream. Uh, I'm not sure. There are a few people I know who were there live said it was amazing. So, uh take their word for that. Uh Chelsea lost 3 to 1. Scored the first goal, gave up 3 all in one half. All the goals were scored in one half, the first half. And it was a bit of a shell-shocking, shell-shocked performance from Chelsea. I, there were a lot of changes made. Emma Hayes made a lot of substitutions, a lot of formation tweaks and everything. We'll get into all of that. Um, let's, I guess let's just start with the lineup before the game. Before the game even kicked off, when you saw the lineup, the lineup dropped on the timeline, what were your thoughts? I was a little concerned just because I thought it was the same lineup from last week. And, you know, my concerns last week were the same, which in which that I don't think our fullbacks are very um, positionally adept at the moment. I think that um, E. Perisic coming in, we you know, we talked a lot about E. Perisic. We think that she's a natural choice there, but for whatever reason, and she's returning from injury, um, she's just she hasn't been sharp enough. And, and last weekend, Catelyn Ford just ran around, she ran absolute rings around her. I was worried about something like that happening, her getting stretched out and then having a turn-on effect um, uh, to Millie Bright and, and possibly Mag Derrickson, which is what happened last uh, last week. And then obviously Neem Charles, we, we, we speak in, we've spoken a lot about her. Um, she's great when it comes to attacking and pushing forward, great with progressing the ball, but there's still areas to her game that need to be kind of smoothed out. Um, I think she leaves quite a lot of gaps in, in her runs and... You know, Emma Hayes is quite keen to play, and and that's the thing. You do need more game time, so it makes sense that she's being played more. But I think there's still a question around whether that that area needs more depth. And obviously, what's happening with Jess Carter at the moment? She's come on a couple of times from the bench. I feel like she would be she would have been the stronger pick. So I was concerned there. In terms of midfield, um, I was happy that Kankovic was starting again. Again, this was on the basis of last weekend's performance. But so much of what happened last week, it just seems like we flipped a switch. You know, it's a whole other other team a whole other uh set of players playing in a certain way she had no time to get on the ball Lauren James similarly was just you know Leah Walty who last week I felt like played really poorly wasn't able to keep tabs on her at all and had a heavily strapped hamstring was absolutely mesmeric today didn't give James a single sniff so I was concerned mostly about the defence. I wondered whether we might shift to a back three. That might be easier. We know Arsenal would, would want to push forward. Um, and that's kind of what they did. But 
I wonder how much of that is within Emma's choice because, you know, at this point she says that the team picks itself, the players who are fit, are, are, you know, they are the ones who play. A couple of weeks ago she said that, um, you know, I don't know what the team is yet because I don't know who's fit. So there's just this sort of underlying implication that things aren't right 100% and we saw that today. Yeah, I agree with you. I was... I was already nervous before the match because I just, and we talked about it on the last podcast uh, of the last episode, when you have to play the same team back to back or within a short span of time, it's concerning. Uh, You give them a full game to recognize what they did wrong against you, what you want to do versus them, how you attack them, and they can work to fix it. And the, the Cutting off supply to Kankovic, cutting off supply to Lauren James was something they absolutely focused on. Because even though, you know, the the goals, well, Lauren James had an assist in the last game, even the game in January when we played to a 1-1 draw, Arsenal were better in that game. But Lauren James was really the Chelsea player that was absolutely destroying them. So we've had played this team multiple times over the past couple months. And this is kind of what happens and why I got extra nervous when I saw the lineup. I was like, Normally, with with some Emma Hayes teams, of course, fully fit is the caveat. With fully fit Emma Hayes teams, you can have the same collection of players and they can play differently. They can play in different formations. (laughs) We've talked about this before and we're like, you see a lineup and you're like, I don't know what the formation is going to be. We'll have to just see once the match kicks off and gets going. I think because of injuries and, you know, kind of what Emma Hayes has tried to do this season uh, with the back four. Uh, remaining a back four, kind of a four-two-three-one. Every player has a role to play in that, and so when I saw the lineup, it looked like there weren't too many players in there who could play, could, who could adapt or adopt a different set of responsibilities or roles within the team. So it looked like it was going to be the exact same type of team and structure and responsibilities that we saw in the first game versus Arsenal just a week ago. In that game, we were good. We were clinical with our chances. We controlled Arsenal well. They, of course, have have problems finishing, and we did fine. You can't expect a team with them as much talent as they have to go in there and do the exact replicate the exact same performance, and especially not when you gift them three goals. And I think this is where I'm most frustrating, most frustrated by this performance because we got an early goal from Sam Kerr. It was a great start to the game. Two minutes in. And we get Google rights into Sam Kerr. That's exactly what we want. Now we have something to defend. And it almost seems like the team was like, yep, going to be just like last week. We cl- we finished clinically and everything's fine. Suddenly, Magda Erickson has a ball deflect. She gets her foot on a pass into the box, but it deflects and goes right to, just kind of spins in the middle of the box right to Black Stinius, who's able to get a shot off. And it's just, it's one of those plays that's unfortunate for everybody involved from a Chelsea standpoint. Uh, and catch a burger and goal, and then also uh, Magda Erickson. But it just kind of started this unraveling. So that happened. That was the first goal. Then you give up a penalty, which was a really unfortunate penalty to to give up. Just bad body positioning, stuck the foot in at the wrong time. Player shifted the ball, ended up drawing a penalty. There's 2-0. Just before halftime, from a corner, could have cleared the ball multiple times. So this was like one of those where the ball was just kind of pinned in and they were getting... um, they were getting corner kicks, and Neve Charles jumps up, 
I think Magda Erickson was there too, but Neve Charles gets the last touch. Uh, Berger comes out for the ball, doesn't get it. It ends up in the back of the net, deemed an old goal, own goal by Neve Charles. Arsenal can't really score unless you gift them opportunities. Mm-hmm. And we gave them not only not only an opportunity for the first goal, but also a penalty and scored an own goal for them. And that's what really frustrates me about this uh, about this performance. I think you are right. I mean, like it did very much seem like one of these teams had taken learnings and uh, improvements from the fact that, you know, they'd played each other last week and the other team had just done nothing and expected that the game would be exactly the same. And, it, you know, quite physically, the same lineup, this, as you say, same structure, same formation. Um, we didn't, act, you know, in any sense focus on the areas in which Arsenal had done quite well last week like for example Catelyn Ford had been re- done really great Kim Little was pushing forward um, um, another area that they you know like I said Leah Walty progressing with the ball and we just didn't focus on the fact that they were going to be better today we expected them to be worse and I think that's probably something that you know aside of one there's a couple of quotes from his post-match presser he, he touches on those things you know we were the underdogs nobody expected this of us and it sounds so cliched it's like the oldest trick in the book but we fell for it you know we really did fall for it um the players that we, you mentioned Lauren James Kankovic those players did well but Arsenal knew how to stop them because you know, ding, ding, ding. We we played them last week. They know what to expect. It seems silly. It seems silly on our part that we didn't think to improve those. And I think we have to hold our hands up and say that there was an element of arrogance involved um, or maybe even naivety. Um, like I said, I think Leah Walty did, did amazing with containing Nankovic. Uh, uh, I think that, um, that Kim Nittle, and she was the player of the match, rightly so. She was pushing forward and she was closing out those gaps, something that Kankovic should have been doing. Um, Lauren James had no sniff at all because Arsenal were, were pressing in those gaps. There were no areas, no half spaces to progress possession in. And 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 I think that Emma Hayes knew that because she spent the entire game chopping and changing formations. It kind of makes me think of last year. There were a couple of games last year, and one of them against Aston Villa, there was a late Sam Kogo. Emma Hayes used that game, and she was just changing things again and again and again, and the goal came in like the 93rd minute. So it's clear to her that this is something that she can do. But sometimes I don't think that doing that, when you're not sure about where players are comfortable in, and as you say, players who are even, even if they're not versatile, I don't think you can do that. I think she spent the entire game just changing things and nothing stuck. And that was a problem. You know, she took off um, uh, Kankovic because of the fact that Kankovic wasn't able to track um, Frida Marnham and, and keep a track on that in terms of the second goal. And and then Eve Perise was in midfield and it was just crazy and chaotic and strange. And it's everything that Chelsea are not, you know. But as you say, this is like one of those games. It just kind of happens and we need to not do stuff like this. We need to really get it out of our system. Um, and it concerns me for the next month or so, the next, the, you know, the rest of the month that's coming because we face United in a very important um, top of the table clash and we face Leon twice in Manchester City. And I'm worried. I feel like, I feel like we should all be worried. Well, there's a that's actually a good a good conversation to have I think because yes this was a final this is the first match of a, an absolutely brutal run in March that we have talked about a lot I think everybody who follows Chelsea has talked about this stretch uh, this month a lot I'm wondering then 
Looking at the rest of the month, what we have, looking at the obvious kind of holes within the team, because I do think you are right. I do think there was a level of arrogance with this. You put out the same team to do the same thing a week later against an opponent who is not bad. They're de- they were definitely having a down period. And I think still, I as much as I think this is a confidence confidence boost for them, I don't know if they fixed everything tactically. They moved the ball well, but they've moved the ball well against us before. They just haven't been able to finish. And as I said, we basically gave them their three best op- their three best opportunities to score. And one goal we scored for them. The other was a penalty, and the other was a deflection that fell right to Blackstinia. So, like, I don't think, even though they worked out how to move the ball around, we still defended fairly well um, throughout most of their 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 chance creation. I just think the problem was we couldn't get the ball from them. Once they got a lead, that ball movement changes. When they have to move the ball to attack us, it's different because we know how to defend them. We get the ball back and we go and hit them on the counter on a break. And that's how we attack Arsenal. The problem was now that they had something to defend, we were just chasing the ball all over the pitch. And that was really unfortunate to see because we couldn't get a hold of it. And then, of course, they were cutting off the passing lane. So once we did get the ball, we couldn't get it forward like we normally do. So those were those were problems. So Chelsea very much likes to be on the front foot uh, in these kinds of matches. You get to defend, you get the opportunities off the off the back of the, the defending, and we were not able to do that in this game. So I, but what it does is reveal a lot of cracks within that. We have seen, you know, Aaron Cuthbert. I think she's going to sleep for like four straight days. I think we have a game <laughs> midweek, so hopefully not. But <laughs> but I, I'm just I just. She did so much running. She was all over the pitch. You know, there was so much chasing the ball around uh, from her. But it also seems to highlight that that can't be the majority of your defensive resistance in midfield because she is one person. As much as she covers, as much ground as she covers, she's still one person moving around. Uh, Sophie Engel is good, given us a set of responsibilities and not a lot of ground to cover. Beyond that, we don't have any other resistance in midfield. I think I saw Harry Edwards on the timeline say that Chelsea's shape resembles a circle because there was just nothing <laughs> in midfield. And that's been that's kind of been the case. We've kind of relied on Aaron Cuthbert to do a lot of the work there. And she's very good at doing it. But when you need to like you need the ball to stick, you need movement in midfield. You need to be able to, you know, make combinations, find gaps, find passing angles in midfield we've kind of struggled with some of that. And I think that's why Kankovic was taken off because she just couldn't get away from her marker to be able to get on the ball and and create problems. So then it was about, okay, well, let's just defensively shut things down until halftime. Buchanan comes in for Kankovic early. I think it was like the 40th minute. It was five minutes before halftime. And then Neve Charles scores an own goal. So it's just like everything that could go wrong kind of did go wrong after Sam Kerr's goal. But sorry, to get back to the original question, do you think, and it sounds like you're leaning towards this is a bad omen for the rest of the month, or do you think this gives Emma Hayes and Chelsea a lot of, of awareness of their faults and says, okay, now this is what you're going to need to fix because these are your faults? It's tricky because I'm naturally inclined to worry. You know, I'm a, I'm a real worrier. Um, the only reason why I feel like maybe it's good to worry is because it put puts you in that frame of mind to think how are we going to fix this situation we are approaching a very important champions league fixture and the whole point of of all those players that we brought in was this this is the goal the dream to progress in the champions league to win the champions league huge game against leon doubleheader in the middle of a of a big w cell clash i need to 
to know, to have confidence that we have the means to, to not play like this positionally and, and tactically. I think we really need to have a moment of introspection. What what went wrong here? You know, Eve Perise has been playing. She's came, she just recently came back from injury and it's obviously she's been pushed into um, the starting 11 without much of a of a sort of time to recover and adjust. Neem Charles, as we saw during last season, or not last season, the season before, that Champions League run where she played in the final against Barcelona, that just doesn't work for us. I, you know, I, I really thought that all the transfer signings we made, the fact that we were adjusting to a back three, moving to a back three, it's frustrating. It feels like Emma keeps trying things that don't work often. Um, and so, yeah, to, to answer your question, ahead of this month, I feel that we really need to embody and and take in the sense of stress and anxiety, which which kind of sounds a bit counterproductive. It's definitely not what my therapist tells me. You, you definitely should not just, you know, accept anxiety. But I think <laughs> we need the players need a rea- reality check. They were arrogant today. The team was arrogant. We expected to win. We expected to win because we scored an early goal, but that means nothing and we should know that. So I'm hoping a little dose of anxiety just kind of puts us in the right headspace because we cannot afford to play like this for the rest of the month. This this is the biggest month. Like let March happen and then maybe a game in April or something, you know. <laughs> or maybe even this should have happened last month. You know, get it get it out of your system. But um not now, you know, this is pretty much where it matters. Yeah, I was going to say the time for this performance, like if I could just tweak the timeline, you know, do some of that Marvel Ant-Man like timeline, <laughs> alternate reality nonsense. If I could go back in time and and like find the timeline and live in that timeline where we where they, we play this game in the FA Cup, what, fifth round? And we come back and reverse and have a better performance and, and win the Conti Cup. I'm absolutely doing that because I, I agree with you. I think that the reaction to this game is going to be important. During the game, the reaction was poor. I think Emma Hayes, like you mentioned, she just changed so much and the team never really could get settled. We were always on the back foot and we never really had great sustained periods. There's maybe one period, maybe like 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes before uh, the end of normal time that we you know, started doing well. I think Melanie Lupos, who came in, um, played a substantial amount of minutes. I don't know if that was in the plans today, but this was the most minutes she has played since coming back from um, after giving birth. Uh, So um, maybe that's promising in terms of an option who can maybe play a half, maybe a little more than a half. Perhaps she's growing in her ability to, um, in her minutes that she can play, having come back, having returned to the team, that would be a major boost, especially this month. But, you know, there, so there was that one little period that was Somewhat, almost, kind of resembled the 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 old, the old Chelsea, but still not fully. Um, the ball just, and I think this was maybe the most frustrating thing is that when we did get the ball, we acted like we acted like panicked, like there was no mm. plan with the ball. It was just like, oh, we finally get a chance to have it, so we're either gonna boot the ball in the air to keep it away from Arsenal, or we're gonna try a pass, a blind pass, and it's gonna go straight to an Arsenal player, like. We just didn't have the connect the connection, the cohesion that we usually have, and therefore passes were hit way too early, or they were lofted into the air, and then they became 50-50s, which Arsenal won. Like there was there was no really hold, holding on to the ball. So I think the 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 reaction to this game is going to need to come on the in the training ground because when a game starts happening like this. We have not shown the capacity to be able to, because we're not in the position that often too, so we have to say that, but we, like, today was just bad. We had a poor reaction 
to every single thing that happened. Could have settled the game down after the equalizer. We didn't. Then we gave away a penalty. Needed to settle the game down and get to halftime. Panic, end up scoring an own goal. Like those are things that this Chelsea team just does not do. And for whatever reason, we did it today. We're supremely unsettled. And that was disappointing. But I am on the side of thinking that if this performance was going to come, it's better that it comes in in early in the month than the middle of the month. Like I wouldn't want Leon to end up doing this to us. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think there's plenty to work on. And Leon still could do this to us because they're a very good side. But I think now that we know all of our faults, all of our flaws uh, in this match, and I don't think it's one of those where you just kind of shrug your shoulders, even though I think you know, even even though we gifted Arsenal their goals, our performance individually and as a team still wasn't good enough. So I think there's plenty to work on. You can feel sad about the fact that you gave them their goals, but you look at the balance of play and you didn't do enough um, outside of the first what, two, three minutes of the game. So I'm hoping that this is a provides a, a, a turnaround point for the team in terms of performances and we're more aware of what can happen. I don't like to single players out, but I just, against big teams, I just don't, I, I agree with you. I just don't think Neve Charles needs to be a fullback. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Arsenal supporters were very excited. They were, they were oh, even God. before the game, they were like, please, please start Neve Charles again. And then Emma Hayes did. And I understand that like, that's not a reason to start or just because Arsenal fans want you to. But I, I think that there's a reason. And we have seen the reason multiple times. And even though she's great, she has tenacity, she's gritty, uh, she can play that role against many teams, probably 90% of the teams that we play. But when it's those top teams, those teams that have a lot of quality out wide, it's, it just, it's not, it's not there yet. And we've seen, I mean, this is something that we were talking about since what, the, the last, last um, Champions League final, mm-hmm. when we played yep. Barcelona, it was the exact same thing. And we were like, this is not what you want to do. But anyway, I I don't know. I just hope that we're able to learn from this because it was, it was not good in every way. I think that's like the beauty of it almost. If if you're really looking for something good to come out of this is that Emma Hayes tried a lot of different things, a lot of different formations, a lot of different uh, players in and out. So she would have at least seen how much of, of what doesn't work. And because there was so much that didn't work, you would think that it's now very clear what does and we can start doing more of, of what does work. Um, I definitely agree with you on Charles. I think if you really want to play her, you ha- she, she needs support from the midfield. Um, you need somebody who can stretch that part of, of the flank. And whether you're, you're kind of giving Gura right in a bit more of a reduced role or you're asking Cuthbert to have more expansive responsibilities, funnily enough, you know, it's just one more thing for her to do. She talked earlier with Sky Sports this week. She talked about the fact that nobody knows her position or her capabilities, her responsibilities, not even Emma Hayes. Maybe it was kind of like a more um, lighthearted thing. But I think if that's going to be the situation, there's somebody in the midfield who needs to take up the extra responsibility of, of providing support with her. Because what will happen is that our, whether it's a back four or a back three, it will just become stretched and then players centrally will get isolated. It happened last week on the other side of Perisay caused you know bright to be pushed across and magda was often isolated black stinius but this time around those same problems were more apparent they were more palpable and and arsenal pounced in a way that they didn't pounce last week so i think if we, if we keep on doing stuff like this we're kind of just gifting things to other teams you know arsenal are a team that haven't 
you know, been able to score. They haven't been able to buy a goal. And here we were gift wrapping one to them. Well, three, not one. So I think you are right. Um, we need to figure out what didn't work and and see what we can do in terms of adding a bit more of, of connectivity within the midfield. A player like Fran Kirby would be absolutely great, but that's the sad thing. I think yeah. there's still the timeline on her return. Just yet she had a PRP injection and it takes a couple of weeks for that to settle down. So Emma Hayes really is like, you know, giving us as many updates as possible, but we need somebody in a number 10 role because I just don't think that Kankovic... She impressed last weekend for for the reasons that I'm saying that she didn't impress today. You know, Kirby's consistent, Kirby's reliable. Um, James wasn't able to kind of adopt that role either because Leah Walty was doing such a good job on her. So I think we're definitely lacking something like that in midfield. And as you say, it would be very easy to exploit against Leon and Manchester City. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually think Fran Kirby and Pernilla Harder being out mm-hmm. are just really bad. Um, Kankovic has quality, as we know. Um, don't know if she just needed to be pulled deeper and basically play almost as an as, a, as another eight uh, so that we could have had something in midfield, someplace to put the ball and maybe move it forward. But that didn't happen, and then she was taken off after 40 minutes. But, yeah, I think that game definitely changes if we have Pernilla Harder. And we know that Chelsea – Chelsea never really hit their peak form unless Fran Kirby's on the pitch. So, you know, missing her is massive. And that was, and we knew we were going to miss her. We know we, as you mentioned, we heard about the injection and it's going to take a while um, to see if she can come back and what kind of role she can play in the future with the team. But I want to talk about Emma Hayes a bit because after this match, which was kind of wild, I'll be honest, there was a lot of chatter about Emma Hayes. Emma Hayes coaching in big games and all of that. I'm going to be honest with you, even though I absolutely hate losing a final, and I absolutely hate losing a final to a rival, and I don't expect Chelsea to really lose finals, particularly domestically, there's actually a reason for that. That's because Chelsea's historically does quite well in these matches. I think I saw on the timeline that this was Arsenal's second ever win against Chelsea in 15 matches, in the last 15 matches. So like, I don't know if when you, depending on how you frame what is a big game and what isn't, I think it's a little interesting that that the the takes were flying about Emma Hayes after the match because it was a Conti Cup final. If I were to rank the all the cup finals we could, all the competitions we could be in and play a final in, Conti Cup comes in last always. I think it's the Champions League. I think it's the league title. I think it's the FA Cup. And then I think there's the, the, um, the Conti Cup. So... The fact that the Conti Cup, you know, this game where Chelsea gifted three goals and looked all over the place, you know, allowed people to kind of go crazy with the takes was a little was a little strange to me. Um, how did you how did you view that chatter? Because honestly, I was just confused. Like, I know nobody likes losing and particularly this Chelsea team. And this it's rare that you see a Chelsea team look this lost on the pitch. But like a little perspective, please. Right. Mm-hmm. I, d- I definitely feel you in that sense. I saw a lot of interesting things. I saw. I even saw somebody say, and it kind of made me feel a bit sour, if that's the right word, say something like, this is what she deserves because of the comments she's been making the last couple of weeks about the league being um, closed off and just other stuff. And I think people, you know, turned negative real fast. And it's not something we usually do, maybe because we're not used to losing like this. But I think that it kind of doubles back on itself because if we're not used to losing like this and maybe have that perspective that, you know, this isn't, this doesn't warrant that kind of reaction, but you are right. There were loads of people kind of going off on her. Um, I just think 
we have to kind of accept that it's not always going to be right. We might be used to that, but actually this, in a sense, this Chelsea squad is still in a transformative phase. Um, you know, a lot of new players have come in the summer and we haven't really kind of figured everything out yet. And that's the same for other teams, same for Arsenal, going through a big transformative phase with two of their big stars sidelined with injury. It happens. Um, and the right kind of mindset, and I go back to that point about anxiety, is to is to focus on it and fixate on it and figure out how to move forward. A lot of people just like to sit in the same place and get really stagnant about it and just kind of allow that to to cloud their judgment of this team. And I think it's it's really awful to be a part of that. But um, Emma Hayes knows a lot more about this club than people who type stuff like that or tweet stuff like that. And I think we kind of all need to remember that a little bit. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, I do. Uh, and as we've said on this podcast, we don't think that Emma Hayes makes every single decision correctly mm-hmm. or every single decision that we should we would do. A lot of it is we have the, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight in a lot of instances. But also even before games, we're like, mm, I don't want to see Neve Charles out there. <laughs> like, there are some <laughs> things that we that we do say ahead of time. But I still think that when you look at it on the balance of, you know, player recruitment and also setting her team up with the, the winning mentality and the teams able to go out there and have responses in games. I mean, I think big games are big for a reason. They're very rarely, like, there are very few teams that actually can go into a big game and dominate them routinely. I mean, we've seen Lyon do it in the Champions League and in the domestic league over the past mm, maybe few years ago, you know, uh, before PSG came up and before Barcelona came up. And Barcelona would be another one where you look at it and be like, yeah, that team, whenever there's a big game, there's a big performance. But then they fell on their face in the last Champions League final, uh, and we're taken apart by Lyon. So you just kind of look at it and you say, you don't really, I, I don't, I almost wonder what people's expectations are because even as much as I say I want, and I, and I truly believe that Chelsea can win against anybody they play, that's another opponent across there that is very good. And I don't necessarily, I'm not applying this really to Arsenal because I do think that the Arsenal team that played, even the one that played today, we could have beaten them. I think if we don't give them two of those three goals, we find a way to get the goal, uh, the winning goal. So I, I do think that, you know, it was frustrating to see today, but also I just I'm just like we have seen Chelsea in big games turn things around, and it's usually we've credited Emma Hayes either with a substitution or a tactical tweak that has put her team in a better position to get that done. I mean, I think even the even the game against Arsenal in January, Kankovic comes on and provides the assist to Sam Kerr, right? So like we've seen Emma Hayes's you know changes and everything work well to be able to get results in big games. So. I was a little confused by that. Another Emma Hayes thing where people kind of lost their minds a bit were her quotes after the match. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand why. I'm going to I'm gonna read this as well. This was Emma Hayes' verdict of the match. Uh, quote, we sat off after scoring, and once Arsenal equalized, we saw the defense, the difference between a team that has won a lot and a team that hasn't won a lot. I thought their hunger and desire in the duels and everything they did was at a much better intensity than us. The best team won. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. I'm disappointed with us. Our standards are higher than that. You can't concede three goals against a team that hasn't won a lot, and they haven't won a lot domestically. And for me, that was the biggest difference. They they were significantly more hungry than my team. People are mad because Emma Hayes is saying that Arsenal hasn't won a lot, and they're pulling out like old, like dusting off old trophies that they won, like, <laughs> even like pre-pandemic era and everything. Like I'm just like, yes, I, I don't think that Emma Hayes is saying that she, that Arsenal has never won. But if you look at the recent history, I said it earlier in this podcast, this is only their second win in 15 games against Chelsea. Yes, some of those are draws, but when it comes to playing Chelsea and beating them, you've only done it twice in the last 15. 
And so I think Arsenal fans just want like full, total, complete capitulation. And it's like, yeah, you you won. Like I, one of the things that makes me frustrated in addition to everything else I've said is that we've given a rival who has kind of been pretty down a confidence boost. And now they're mm-hmm. acting like everything's mm-hmm. turned around. They're great. And it's like, really, we gave y'all basically all of your goals. And yes, there was pressure put on us. You know, the, the penalty is something that was pressure put on us. You know, um, the 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 ball that deflects off of Magda Erickson was a ball into the box, you know, pressure put on us. But it still wasn't like they were tearing us completely apart. We had to chase the ball a lot, but we weren't getting completely torn apart. So I don't know. I just felt like Arsenal fans and other and other neutral fans on the timeline were just very much like, you know, like Chelsea, like how dare Emma Hayes say this? And it's just like it's it's it may feel bad, but it's true, isn't it? But but also Jonas I'd have always been saying this. This isn't like That's you know facts. surprising news. He's 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 been honest about his squad, about the situation, why they pushed so hard to to try to get a striker in the January window and failed. You know, they know the situation they're in. It's not like it's a secret. They didn't win a trophy last year. Things have been bad. It's not like we're saying anything that he hasn't said himself. And just apply common sense, you know, context. Arsenal have really struggled for goals recently as a direct result of two of their main goal scorers being sidelined with long-term ACL injuries. Um, You are right, though. There's definitely certain fan bases where you give them a little bit and they just will never let it go. And this happens to be one of them. I even read a line somewhere where people are now getting excited for the rest of the season. You know, previously where they they thought that Chelsea are going to run away the league or even United. Now it's like we're back, we're back or, you know, Chelsea better watch out in the league. It's just, it's a lot of hype, I think, on the back of one game. But simultaneously, that also applies to us. You know, everything we've just said, we shouldn't get so worked up over this one game. Perspective is so key and people get fixated on these small things, but actually there's a bigger picture here. Um, Arsenal losing... Oh, sorry, Arsenal winning today and, and all the hype is just the same as Chelsea losing today and, and people getting really bogged down about it. Um, you know, obviously they can, you know, Arsenal fans can do what they want, but I think we need to remind ourselves where where the, the bigger picture is, which is that this is one defeat and actually, as you say, it's 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 been rare. It's definitely a rare thing. We've outplayed them in other fixtures. It's been our, our fixture. So it clearly it was going to take some kind of miraculous turnaround for this to happen and I'm pretty sure Jonas Adel probably gave the speech of his life you know across this week you know the kind of huge battlefield you know 10 to 1 gladiator style speech in some sense he, he had to sell it to them right because they lost last week so there's a lot of factors that contribute to this and people just need to approach everything with a level head a calm head common sense you know yeah, I agree. I mean, we're still in three competitions, you know, the Champions League, the league, of course, and um, the FA Cup. So there's still plenty of opportunity to lift trophies. This absolutely stings and feels frustrating for a number of reasons that we've already mentioned. Um, and I'm not going to review them again <laughs> because I don't like talking <laughs> about them. I will say we did win one more thing. We did win one more thing. Before the game kicked off, there was a mascot dance battle. <laughs> and Gunnersaurus got ate up. I don't know what Gunnersaurus was doing, not putting a whole lot of effort into this dance battle, but got ate up. So we should have, I said we should have started the game one up already. But so when Sam Kerr scored, it should have been 2 0. But whatever. <laughs> but whatever. We, knew. we knew in our heads that's the only thing that, that matters. Our version of reality on this podcast within this episode. 
it, it's like you were saying we can change the past this is this is it we started with one goal up i actually i saw that we they tweeted the video and i was just thinking this is like you know this is strange this is just weird dancing i, ho- I hope he wasn't just trying to think i need to save my energy in case arsenal absolutely pull off a 3-1 uh, scoreline but I think that's a win. We'll take it as a win. I'm taking it as a win, definitely, because Gunnosaurus gets a lot of a lot of pub in a lot of their videos and stuff, you know. And uh, <laughs> and I think that Gunnosaurus, you know, this time took a took a massive L in front of everybody, so I had to post it. Um, but also, getting back to Chelsea's play, we do have a midweek game against Brighton. Brighton oh has historically God. been a weird team for no. us, so we'll see. Maybe again, this is where I go back to. Maybe this was a good thing for the long term. Obviously, you always want to lift the trophy, but imagine celebrating this and then a day or two later, you have to play. You have to get yourself ready to play Brighton and get back out there on the pitch. And we also know how hard this team celebrates victories. So I'm also like, maybe not having, maybe being angry at the end of this is much better than being, you know, whatever whatever they would have been feeling like without making any accusations, whatever they would have been feeling like tomorrow after after celebrating a, a, a cup final. But we have Brighton in the league on Wednesday. That's going to be a big game because that sets up the stage for Manchester United on the weekend. So that's another big game. That's going to be another massive game. Got to get three points from that one if we want to have a chance of staying at the top of the league uh, and putting some space in between us and them. So that is going to be important. That is what's coming up for Chelsea. I am looking forward to the bounce back and how we do it. I think there are a lot of bruised egos in particular. I don't think Kankovic liked coming off that early. Mm-hmm. I think Khadija Buchanan was unsettled and did not like coming on um, and playing that. I think she also almost gave up another penalty, which was really unfortunate. Probably should have. If VAR was in play, probably would have. Um, so I think there is a lot to work on. And I think Emma Hayes and Chelsea now very acutely know this. So we will be looking forward to much better Chelsea performances. I am very much looking forward to a response against Brighton and hopefully extending to Manchester United. So before we get out of here, Mariam, is there anything else you want to say? Just that I hope the the players take this this game in the right way and I look forward for it because this is the biggest month. I think it will be our, the biggest month of our season. Everything that we do within this month will have knock-on effects that will end up you know, going down, down the years. So I, I just really hope that we can get something good out the next week. Because I think if we put up a great performance against Brighton and Manchester United, that you know the pendulum swung once again. We're back in it. That's all it takes, really. Um, so fingers crossed that when we record our podcast next week, it's with the uh, two wins. Absolutely, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put the energy out I there. See. I think it will be the team. <laughs> The team usually bounces back after stuff like this. And given how many of these, how many of the errors were their own fault, it's not like they were roundly beaten. Um, they, basically, we gave Arsenal goals and they did a good job of playing keep away. That's pretty much, the, to me, the way the game went in a, in a very reductive uh, view of it. But I still think that ultimately that's kind of what happened uh, and we didn't have a way to change that. So we'll see. Still hoping for injury recoveries. We don't play Lyon until the 22nd of March, which I'm hoping gives enough time maybe to assess Fran Kirby. Maybe Pernilla Harder starts making her comeback, getting some minutes. As we mentioned earlier, Melanie Lupo's played a few, quite a few, a handful of minutes in this match, hoping she continues to build up her fitness so that she can play more because we absolutely need her, especially if we're going to have moments where we're going to need to go like a true three in midfield. I think she's going to be super important. Don't have that option now, which is why a Parise, which honestly, shout out to Parise. 
I think she played about four positions in this game. <laughs> like she was all over the pitch, and it was just like, I don't think this was part of the – like, I don't know what plan this was. This couldn't have been A, B, C, or D. This is like double Z we got down to, <laughs> where, where Abe Paris has to play so many positions. So let's hope we never have to do that again. And, yeah, um, like Miriam said, we will be back next week to hopefully be record a much happier pod. So sucks right now, Chelsea fans, but – we don't stay down too long, so we're going to turn things around and have good performances uh, this week. We feel. We feel. We're believing. We're manifesting. It's going to happen because we're too good. <laughs>